Welcome to the Hidden Palace with Skyblaze. afternoon, evening or night, wherever you are in the world. I am Skyblaze and this is the Hidden Palace here on Radio Sega. So many of you probably know the, the name Working Designs. Uh, it's a name that brings to mind game localization that isn't entirely accurate. Needless to say. Um, localization is a bit of a thorny issue but uh, the changes that Working Designs made to the games have been pretty much universally derided because they weren't just, you know, making things easier for people in the West to understand. They were doing a lot of other things as well, which is what I'm going to be going through in this episode. And possibly another one as well, because turns out Working Designs did quite a lot of stuff on Sega consoles. So, starting out in 1986, Working Designs was actually working on logging management software, of all things. Uh, though they transitioned to being a game publisher in 1990. Their first game published was Exile for the TurboGrafx-16. Working Designs' first published game on Sega consoles was Luna the Sil Silver Star, which was released on the Mega CD in 1993. Luna the Silver Star is an RPG which sees you play as Alex, a boy who dreams of becoming the Dragon Master, a warrior who serves the goddess Althena and can harness the power of dragons. Gameplay-wise, Luna plays pretty similar to other RPGs of the era. Um, the world, world is relatively open, giving you lots to explore. The fights themselves are random encounters, and you can fight in a party of up to five members, which is a fairly large amount by RPG standards of the time. Now then, is Purvis is saying Universal Derision is pretty a new, but a new thing for working designs. Back in the day, they were pretty beloved. What killed it for them was when we learned that Victor Island was was a thing I can't say on air. Unpleasant person. Um, yes and no. Uh, people knowing more about the original versions of the games pre-localization also changed opinions. Uh, it was reasonably well known at the time that they'd increased the difficulty of a lot of things, which is one of the things I'm going to be talking about in this episode. So as I mentioned, with translation comes alterations to the source material. As I said, localization, thorny issue, but working designs took more liberties than most other translation tra localization houses tended to. The first difference comes with the opening music. In the Japanese version, the song is, in Working Designs' own words, soft and lovey-dovey, whereas theirs is a little more intense and meant to convey a sense of urgency. It's an RPG. It, uh, I'm not going to editorialise too much because I'll be here all day. The next biggest changes are of course in the writing. The working design process would often see them translate the text and then they would further localise it to make it sound more like 
commonly spoken English. But they didn't... That, they went a bit further. They would add in pop culture jokes and references uh, to make them more... What they would think would be more understandable by a Western audience. But in some ways they made things that were not... That didn't fit well into the universe of the game. For example, a character called Merod, who for some reason is given a kind of redneck drawl when he speaks. And I do not know why. Well, let's, uh, before I go any further, let's have a little bit of music. Uh, so from Luna the Silver Star, we have Grindery Tower Interior. And then our first request for this evening, we have Dragon Force Desert Battle, and that one was requested by Doan. Please enjoy, and I'll be back to talk a bit more about Luna the Silver Star and our next game. Speak to you after this. Gavi and you're listening to The Hidden Palace with Skyblaze on Radio Sega.
back. And that was Dragon Force Desert Battle, requested by Doan. Uh, hello to Doan, and hello to Doan's cat Hugo, who is um, expressing his opinions <laughs> by stepping on Doan's keyboard. Uh, before that, we had uh, Luna the Silver Star Grindery Tower Interior. So, as I was saying to its purpose uh, on the Discord chat, um, there's changes that make you go kind of... With working designs, there are changes that make you go kind of... Um, that's weird, but okay. Uh, like the, the redneck accent that I mentioned before. And then there's the changes that just make you angry. And one of the things that working designs likes to do is mess with the difficulty of the games that it localizes. Often making the game unnecessarily harder. Now, just a few examples here. Removing the password at Mike's Tower. Uh, there is a sign that gives you a password in the Japanese version. However, in the working designs version, this was removed for reasons. Also, in the working designs version, you have to pay magic experience in order to save your game. That means that if you do not have any experience, you can't save. Okay then. You'll also find that the costs of items in stores and the donation cost to use the Althena statues has increased, meaning you'd either have to grind more to get the funds together, or you'd have to budget accordingly depending on what it is that you need. And of course, the difficult main difficulty spike comes in the form of enemy stats. In the most cases, their HP, attack, and defense were all increased, and in the worst cases, these increases were more than half than what their base stats were. So, another 50% added on. Why? <sighs> so, next up is, um, well, it's, it's spelt... Vey, V-A-Y, but it's actually pronounced Vi, not to be confused with Steve Vi, the White Snake guitarist. I think I made that joke before, because I did actually cover this when I talked about the Mega CD's 30th anniversary. So I'm probably repeating my jokes. They're not very good jokes in the first place. Vi was a game that was released in Japan in 1993 and in the US in 1994. Uh, so when I talked about this game before, I never went into a lot of depth with the changes between the original Japanese and the working designs version. For those that missed the episode where I mentioned Vi, here is a quick rundown of the game's plot. You play as Sandor, Prince of the Kingdom of Lorath, and on the day of your wedding to the beautiful Lady Ellen, the kingdom is attacked by large robots, and they end up kidnapping your blushing bride. Sandor then sets out to rescue his bride-to-be and defeat whoever commands these robots. So, okay. Um, Hugo says, uh, I want a localization for Dragon Force 2. Yeah, don't we all? Um, is there a fan localization for that yet? I know, I know that there's a... Speaking of working designs things, I know that there is a... Um, project that is kind of like de-working designed things uh, to make it closer to the original Japanese versions. I can't remember what the name of the project is. Someone did tell me um, when I, I mentioned these previously, but I can't remember what it's called. Where is Electric Boogaloo when you need them? I, I guess they're not here today because they haven't sent me a request in, which is very unusual. 
So I assume they, they must be away or busy. Which is a shame. Uh, don't want to say it's uh, fairly sure that it's been fan translated. Unworked, that's the one. The uh, the project to unworking design things. Yeah, I, I'd really like a, a Mega CD. Um, I quite like the, the Mega CD 2 because um, the version of the Me Mega Drive that I have is the Mega Drive 2. I do have a Mega Drive 1, but uh, it's it needs um, working on, it needs repairing. And I haven't had time. Anyway, let's have some more music, shall we? Uh, so, from Vi, I've got two tracks from Vi, because uh, it turns out the music's actually pretty good. Or well, some of it is, anyway. So, some, uh, some kind of uh, a bit upbeat tracks. So, from Vi, we've got Hardcore Combat and the Boss Battle theme. So, enjoy those, and I'll be back after this music break to talk slash rant a bit more <laughs> about working design. Enjoy.
back and that was from both from Vi and that was the boss battle theme and then before that we had hardcore combat um, its purpose was asking if, uh, if the difficulty was cranked up for the complete lunar uh, series or Ark the Lad collection uh, Grateful saying they can't see um, any alterations in Ark the Lad uh, Complete Lunar, I'm not entirely sure about. I'm not entirely sure if Working Designers actually worked on, on that compilation. I could be wrong. Um, so I'm unfortunately a bit busy running the show, so I, it's very difficult for me to kind of go and research at the moment. So I've, I've, I've very nicely asked Grey for if he can do it for me. Who is also running uh, other socials today, since Twinny is currently unavailable on Saturday. So uh, thank you, Grey for. You're very welcome. Right, where were we? Now, as you might expect, working designs worked their magic on altering a number of things in this game. One of these being the game's mana costs. These costs were increased by an eye-watering amounts, with some spells seeing an increase of 142%, while the cost of one spell in particular was jacked by, oh, jacked up by, you ready for this one? One thousand percent. Oh my god. Another change is the cost for staying at inns, which in the Japanese version was set as four gold, and this was the same across all inns in the game. But we see a range of increases by working designs, with the cheapest inn being 20 gold, and the most expensive being 670 gold. Now, this wasn't the only cost that increased. When attempting to add links to your party, you have to pay his bar tab in order to recruit him in the Japanese version. Uh, in the Japanese version, this is 1000 gold. Now, guess how much it is in the working designs version? I'll, I'll, I'll throw this to the Discord. How much do you think Lynx's bar tab is in the working designs version of Vi? Bearing in mind it's a thousand gold in the original Japanese version. Go on, give us a guess. Well, I have a drink. And apparently, uh, it's purpose is saying they did work on uh, on the compilation. Okay, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to look into this. As I said, um, there's going to be a second, probably going to be a second episode of this, provided I've got enough material to actually make it into an entire episode. So, if there is something in particular you want me to cover, let me know. So, I'm waiting to see if uh, the new tab is twelve thousand three hundred forty-five gold. I'm, I'm gonna wait and see what. Uh, go, don't say ten thousand. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> Nick's saying sixty-nine thousand four hundred twenty. Yes, very good. The meme numbers. Well done. The closest is actually its purpose, because the correct answer is twenty thousand gold. How much? I know, right? Good lord. I'm going to loop my talk, but there we go. 
to, you don't win anything, but you, you win the satisfaction of being closest. <laughs> it's just insanity. Why would you do that? Although, in, in I mean, I, I know, uh, Grayfall, you thought this was the worst one we found when we were doing the research for this. Uh, a change to a joke chest that is found in Vigus. Um, in the Japanese... Yeah. <laughs> Grayfall just made a noise of pain because he, he made the most incredible face when he found this. Uh, Grateful always has better Google food than me, so he sometimes helps with with my research for this episode for these episodes. In the Japanese version, this joke chest will give you a measly one gold. So it's like, aha, you open this chest, and you got one gold. Aha, jokes on you. However, in the working designs version, what you initially believe is actually an empty chest contains a gold vortex which will drain your wallet dry. There is no way to stop this once it starts and the only way to get your money back is to load from an earlier save before you open the chest and then not open the chest the next time. Why? Why would you do that? I do not understand. <sighs> Breathe deep, deep calming breath. <sighs> I was going to joke it was going to be a Rupor. Oh, like the Excalipur in um, Final Fantasy. Yeah. No, it's worse. It's worse. Much worse. Much worse. <sighs> I can... You know, I didn't, th apart from the kind of the, the crap memes and the pop culture references, I didn't think working designs were that bad until I started researching for this episode. And now I'm really angry. <laughs> really want to start, like, looking up the unworked stuff and, and play those instead. Anyway. Uh, RuPaul has come from the Twilight Princess. Open a chest and lose a little money. I didn't play Twilight Princess. I've played quite a few Zelda games, just not that one. I'm not really... I don't know why I've not played that one in particular. Oh well. Let's have some more music so we can all calm down. Uh, so from uh, Iron Storm, uh, Map 2. Uh, this is requested by Nicholas Aman. And then another track from Luna the Silver Star, because I quite like the music from that game. Uh, Crystal Tower. No Final Fantasy XIV players, not that one. It's okay. You don't. You don't have to have like roulette flashbacks. It's it's fine. It's fine. Alliance raid roulette flashbacks. It's okay. Okay. Um, Nick's saying you thought that they was Skyward Sword that introduced the Rupers. Uh, I couldn't play Star Skyward Sword because I'm left-handed, but I've also been trained in fencing, so sword goes in left hand. But also that's your movement, so uh, there was no way round that I could do things that would be comfortable. It's... It, ah! Is it the FF3 Crystal Tower? 
Well, the one in Final Fantasy XIV is a reference to the Crystal Tower from Final Fantasy III. Uh, the problem of for uh, the problem with the Crystal Tower in Final Fantasy XIV is that it's the earliest one that unlocks in Alliance raids, and it's also the only Alliance raid which is actually required content. You need it for the main story quest. Uh, so anytime you're doing a raid roulette, uh, it's always the one that pops up and people have got really bored of it as a result. Anyway. Okay. Let's have some music then. So, uh, Iron Storm, Map 2, and Luna the Silver Star, Crystal Tower. Enjoy, and I'll be back after this to talk about Popful Nail. Enjoy. Afternoon, evening, or night, wherever you are in the world. This is Nicolas Aman, the demon ruler of the Radio Sega playlist, and you're listening to The Hidden Palace.
and we are back! And that was a sudden last minute request from Electric Boogaloo, who was, was late arriving home, uh, so sent in a last minute request, which I, I did actually manage to, uh, to do something with. So thank you for that. And then before that we had from Luna the Silver Star, Crystal Tower. And then before that we had Ironstorm Map 2, requested by Nicholas Haman. Uh, so welcome to the show, uh, Electro Boogaloo, and hello as well to Ravsig. Uh, I've not seen you around in a while, Rav. How are you doing? I'm gonna loop my talk bed because I think this track's fairly short. So the last game I am going to cover this evening is Popful Mail, a game which released for the Sega CD in 1991. This sees you play primarily as a female elf, who is with the unusual name of Popful Male. She is a bounty hunter who is off to seek her fortune when she spies a bounty of two million gold for the capture of a rogue wizard named, of all things, Muttonhead. Yeah, I don't know either. Oh, did I not say what the track was? Oh, yeah, the, the request by Electric Blue was from Shining Wisdom and it was called Gene Targeting. I do apologise. So, what did Working Designs do to their port of Popful Mail? Well, you get a lot of the usual culprits that I've already mentioned. Uh, inflated economy, tougher enemies. And due to this game being a 2D platformer RPG hybrid, there are passive hazards which can also cause you damage. And, of course, working designs had to make those more lethal, too. Because, of course, they did. One thing that they did do which didn't actually break the game and make it significantly harder, unless you want to kind of do a self-imposed challenge, was the addition of an in-game timer. They added this for a particular reason, as beating the game within a certain time limit uh, at least under five hours, would unlock some outtakes from the voiceover recordings that would play at the end of the credits. Uh, Muttonhead came from the same magic academy as Witchcart. Witchcart? I'm, I'm not sure... Uh, uh, more Bill Clinton jokes. Yeah, pop. there was a lot of not especially funny kind of pop culture, like 90s pop culture references, and it was just... It was a bit cringe. Um, and and kind of... unnecessary. Um, if you want to know which cart uh, came from uh, Tales of Sky Patrol. Oh, yeah, okay. Tales of Sky Patrol, right, yeah. We did actually cover that, and I've, it, it's just completely disappeared out of my brain. To be honest, it's been many years since we've That's true. It has been... <laughs> a minute. A while. I'm not going to think about how long. I've been doing this show since 2016. It's a bit terrifying. Eight years this year. Good lord. Eight years. That's, that's a while. It's a minute. <laughs> Let's have some music, shall we? So, from Popful Mail, we have Iceberg Battle and also Volcanic Zone Exploration. So, enjoy those, and I'll be back after this music break to go into the Chiptune Corner. Mm -hmm. 
Hey you, this is Rapsy here and you are listening to the amazing Hidden Palace on Radio Sega. Zone Exploration, and before that we had Iceberg Battle, also from Potful Mail. Yeah, say what you will about Potful Mail, but the music slaps. Um, and apparently Electro Boogaloo has acquired a Walkman, the last model of them that was released in America. Enjoy your retro tunes, as, as the gods intended, in the correct fashion. <laughs> right. So let's go into the chiptune corner then. Machine Supremacy are a Swedish and Finnish band that combine heavy metal and power metal with chiptune. They describe themselves as Sid Metal, which, as you may guess from that description, 
means that much of the chiptune sound that they have is produced by the SID chip of the Commodore 64. You can find more about them at their official website, which I am going to link in the Discord chat for you now. There we go, with my incredibly loud keyboard. Yeah, my, my nice quiet keyboard is behind me on my, my test bench PC for work. Uh, so the really loud um, Razor Black Widow is, is sat in front of me now. So whenever I'm typing the scripts for this, it's like clack, 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 clack. It sounds like a typewriter. It's hilarious. Right, so from... Uh, back to what I'm actually supposed to be talking about. So from uh, Machine Supremacy, we've got We Are The Ones Who Will Change The World. I really like this track and I hope you will too. So have a listen, let me know what you think. And if you do like it, go and check out their other work. They have a YouTube channel and I think a Bandcamp as well. So enjoy.
This is it guys. We are the ones that will change. And we are back. And that was Machine Eye Supremacy. We are the ones who will change the world. So I really like that track. Um, uh, I, I have a couple of their tracks, but I, I ought to get more because they are quite good. So that's the end of the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. Uh, stay tuned to Radio Sega because there is a special episode of SNS with Gavi where he will be celebrating the 30th anniversary of Sonic the Hedgehog 3 for the Mega Drive. So make sure you stay tuned in to enjoy that. And remember that the stream from Radio Sega's contribution to the Game Blast charity stream is going on all weekend. In fact, tomorrow at 12 midday until 2pm UK time, you can join Greyfor, who will be playing a Saturn game that I have talked about on this very show. A game that is just called D. And if you want to, uh, to donate, uh, you can force him to um, play Russian Roulette with jelly beans. Um, where he has to pick a jelly bean and it will be one of two flavours. One of which is nice and the other of which is not. Uh, to give you an example, is like uh, he can pick a jelly bean uh, of a kind of pinkish white colour and it will be either birthday cake or soap. So you can have some fun with that. I, I'm going to probably be out for some of the day, um, but if you want to uh, donate on my behalf to torture my husband, please do. You have my blessing. <laughs> also remember that the LMC block and I think Rexy Seg Mixer Drive should be on tomorrow. I have been Skyblaze and this has been the Hidden Palace here on Radio Sega. We've got one last track to go out on and it is Will Rock Clockwork Criminal from our friends over at OC Remix. Take care everyone and good night.
Enjoyed the show? Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.